Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? And I am doing fantastic. Today, we have T.G. Shepard on. Yeah, we do. That's right. You heard me. Oh you my. heard okay, me. Leave. Right. Red sky at night, <laughs> shepherd's delight. Blue sky at night, day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm tapped. Rob, wow. kick it to the song that we're talking about with T.G. Shepard. Did you make that up? <laughs> no, I'd heard it before. That's <laughs> somewhere. Locked out of, I think. Oh, man. Uh, from the 1981 album, I Love Them All, here is I Loved Them Everyone. It sounds so ominous at the beginning to turn into such a weirdly kind of a it's a sweet song I guess in a sense. I've known some painted ladies that sparkled in the light, country girls that love the lovers moon. Some I never really knew, though I always wanted to. Some I only met once in a room. Some said they liked my smile Others of them stayed a while While others left me on the run This is the only way Only way I have to say mm, I love them everyone Big, little, or short of talk Wish I could keep them on Loved Them Everyone by T.G. Shepard from the 1981 album I Love Them All. So it's like, man, he just loves everybody. He just loves them all. He just indiscriminately just out here loving people. You know, that's T.G. Shepard. <laughs> it was released five days after I was born, March 30th, 1981, and went to number one on the U.S. Hot Country Songs, but that was nothing new for T.G. Shepard. It went to number three on the USAC chart, Adult Contemporary. That's right, number three. Number 37 on the Hot 100 chart. Number three in Canada, Country, and number three on the Canadian AC chart. Big crossover hit. Late 70s, early 80s country was kind of a different beast, yeah. right? Now, at this point you would call this like old school country, yeah. right? Because it's, but at the time- At the time it was just country, but now this is old country. At, at, yeah, and at the, at the time it was a, it was like a country developed this sort of suave uh, subsect, mm -hmm. right? And I consider T.G. Shepard to very much be one of those guys. And we it, didn't even know if we told you, but hanging around at the end, we're hanging out with T.G. Shepard. With T.G. Shepard. Come on, country legend. And He'll it, love you. He'll love you. Every one Every of you. Every one of Every you. Every single one of you. Guaranteed. <laughs> He's just out here loving folks. Big, little, short, tall. Yeah. Man. Pickers, grinners. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he is, I think of uh, groups like, and I think we talked to him a little bit about this too, the, the image at least 
um, it was like country music decided to get a little sexy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And particularly the men of country music uh-huh. decided to like... Shirts unbuttoned a little bit. Open, yeah, open up those buttons a little uh-huh. bit and, you know, just kind of Put like... Put on some Stetson, yeah. some Brute. Yes. This song is like, it's like if the, if, it's like the gambler if he was naked. <laughs> You know what I mean? Hold them and fold them. Nothing on but a chain necklace. You know that's what this. That's what this. That's what this song is. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a different. It's a different era for. (laughs) It's the gambler laid out on shag carpet. (laughs) Yeah, this is yes. This song, you know, there's that famous uh, picture of uh, Burt Reynolds laid like naked on a bear rug. Yeah, that's this. This is that. It, as country music is uh, is this. Yeah, That's how this comes out. Okay. Uh, let me, I guess I'll start with a few listening notes. Okay. Yeah, do it. I, I love the sound of the beginning of this song. It's not a very long song. It's a song. Well, it's three minutes, 41 seconds. I, I Honestly, it doesn't feel that long. It fills long up three, but it, yeah. but it, it, I guess it takes a minute to get into it. But the first thing we get is this dope, really low wide stereo electric piano Wurlitzer that's a little bit distorted a little dirty wobbly yeah and this like just super trebly hi-hat you know what I mean it's just really really thin that I love the sound of thin guitar too yeah stereo acoustics I've known some painted ladies that sparkled in the light and then you get this really sparse sparse piano It's just like, just hitting spot and being like out. Not even left hand playing, just a couple notes at a time. Then midway through the first verse, the feel, the kick doubles and the bass doubles. Does that classic one five one five? If you didn't know it was a country song, when the bass and drums kick in, you know it's a country song. Right, that's true. That at the beginning. It, you're right. You're right. That especially the 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 one five one five movement of the bass mm-hmm. for each chord yeah. is very indicative that yes, you're in country it's music like it's territory. It's either country now. or southern gospel. Yeah, like you're getting one of those. Two. Right. Yes, you're definitely in the southeast. Yeah. You know, um, a pretty and a pretty um, contemporary melody for the verse. I thought for for a country song. You know what I mean? Of course, it's minor key, right? So it's. Um, but it'll be like E minor, C, D, E minor is pretty much your whole song. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And so you're getting um, the keeping of that same melody, the repeat of that melody. It puts you in a, a C major seven territory mm-hmm. melodically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is fairly forward looking yeah. for country, you know, at the time. It's not like. That's not a that's not a rodeo melody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not a melody from the plains. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's, that's so, not an old west melody. Right. That's, no, that's a melody from That's the, some city melody. That's from the club. Yes. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you have you have that going on and that's one of the things that but I think the combination of the feel at the beginning especially and even the chorus, the chorus I think backs away from that country bass, I think. It might not. Uh, it may well, the not. way he says "tall" lets you know it's a country song. Of too. course, yeah. Like his vocal delivery on the verse isn't super country. I mean, it's country. Yeah, he's got a drawl, but, but you know. But on the chorus, you're like, I'm in a country song. But I think several of the things about it sort of lent it to that adult contemporary crossover, yeah. you know, possibility. Yeah. And then never noticed this before, but 
the instrumentation on the chorus really backs off. Okay. Like a bunch of stuff disappears um, or, or goes way, 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 way back to the mix. Okay. I assume it's to make way for the background vocals coming in. There's, you know, I mean, it's not like you're not talking about queen level layers of vocal, but you're talking about, there's a lot of background, vocals you know, a lot of, a lot of vocals coming in. So listen to what happens there's here. There's three background vocals on here. Okay. Vocalists. So take a listen. Only way I have to say just listen to how much the instrumentation backs off. Like, man, doesn't sound as pronounced in my ears as it did at home on my monitors. I'm telling you, if you listen to it on a good set of monitors, you add a different guitar part. Like you get an electric guitar, guitar, and so the other stuff's not as as prominent. I see what you're saying. There's not much keyboard. There's not much. I mean, it literally. Listen to this on my on my studio monitors. It was like there was a literal hole in the audio. I mean, it was it was kind of bizarre sounding here in my in my ears. I don't notice it as much, but uh, man, at home, I really, really, really noticed it. So on the first verse, we have the electric piano Wurlitzer kind of leading the way. And you have this sprinkled acoustic piano, right? On the second verse, the piano is gone altogether, and the electric piano becomes the sparse thing. Yeah. So instead of driving it, the second verse, you get... Now it's really just bass and acoustic. And the sprinkling is the electric piano. Is to the memory Big drum part there Which is interesting Yeah, boom, boom yeah. And then we're going to get some electric guitar back in here Heading back into the chorus Anyway, I just found the, the instrumentation surprising I know there's two different piano players on here But there's three different piano tones Like that you heard Because you got the whirly at the beginning mm-hmm. And then you've got the actual piano part It's a piano Yeah, it's a sound. straight up piano And that's yeah. an electric piano Security, right yeah. there That's I'm, more Oh, you think there's another? Well, listen to that That, that right there That's an electric yeah. piano Well, that's right. the whirly Is that the whirly? That's the same whirly, okay, yeah so the top part of the whirly mm-hmm. Okay, never mind then okay, Yeah, yeah So, and it's got that classic like Early 80s country electric guitar sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, wow, it's a wow, little bit, wow. a little chorusy. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a chicken pick sound, but yeah. it's like, I think of like uh, Alabama, early yeah. Alabama, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The I love band Alabama, the not the state of Alabama. Correct. I was not around think. for the early state of Alabama. <laughs> it makes me think of the introduction of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Why don't we, speaking of instruments and whatnot, why don't we go ahead and meet the band? Let's do it. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band that played on I Loved Them Everyone, uh, T.G. Shepard. T.G. we'll talk to at the end, born William Neal Browder. Um, and we asked him a little bit about his inter- his name change in the interview, so stick around. We got some stuff on that. But uh, Bob Ray on bass moved to Muscle Shoals from Memphis. He joined Fame Studios as a member of the band there, the Swampers. 
Played with Ray Charles, Willie Nelson, George Jones, just all kinds of bangers. Number one song for the Osmonds called One Bad Apple he played bass on. so Not familiar. Yeah, that's a, it was a number one. I'm not either. <laughs> on drums, uh, we've talked about him before. Larry London uh, played with Elvis, Joe Cocker, B.B. King, Journey, Marvin Gaye, Emmylou Harris. Uh, in 92, at the age of 48, he had a heart attack while teaching a drum clinic, went into a coma, never recovered. Oh, but crap. the last thing he did was teach drums, which is kind of mm. kind of how you would want a drummer to go out, sure, right? Yeah, doing, doing what you love. On guitar, okay, there's four guitar players that are credited on this song, and I don't know who did which one. I don't know who's doing that. Those are two acoustic okay. parts, one electric, maybe. I, I don't know who um, who does what other than Boyd Burton. Fred Newell is listed as Acoustic 1 and Jerry Shock as Acoustic 2. Okay. Um, but I don't know who's who. Interesting. On. I just kind of assumed it was a layered situation where one guy did it and then layered another one. Nope. I guess it's two, two guys two simultaneously. Uh, and Reggie Young is the other guitar player. So okay. lots of guitars going on. One's yeah. playing the riff, one's playing the solo, and mm-hmm. two acoustic parts is kind of what I could figure out on that. Yeah. Um, on piano, we talked about the two piano players. Bobby Emmons is listed as piano, and Tony Migliore is, I don't know who does which one. They're both listed as piano. Okay. One's obviously on the Whirly. And Electric one's on, piano, one's acoustic, yeah. yeah. Uh, background vocals, three uh, guys, uh, Steve Pippen, Phil Forrest, and Buddy Killen, and Buddy actually helped produce this. So okay. that's, your, that's your band on that. All male background All vocals. male BGV. Wow, so yeah. they're getting up there. Listen to this. I wonder if that's Steve or Phil hitting that high one. Oh, I love the male one. Huh, interesting. Okay, I just assumed at least one of those was a woman. One of the funny things about it, the vocals, I think we're just chorusing out here. He doesn't strain for a single note on this song. Like... He, at no point is he like, it's let me show you my range. range. It's, yeah. it's like, nah, this is just all, it's all, it's like bravado, confidence, yeah. uh, but it's not, it's not, let me show you, show off my skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, let me show off something else. Um, <laughs> so T.G. Shepard had 14 number one country hits between 1974 and 1986, including, get this, eight straight that went to number one. Mr. Consistency. Mr. Consistency. I Loved Him Everyone is is right in the middle of that string of eight. The Wikipedia description is kind of hilarious. Quote, the song is a man's tribute to all the women he had encountered through the years. The women apparently come from a variety of backgrounds and sizes, quote, big or little or short or tall, <laughs> and have had as few as one meeting with him. The man then says he wishes he could have kept them all. That's just so funny to me. Like, <laughs> it's so, so literal. <laughs> yes. And I got to say, you know, I did he really love them all? Uh, is you, it love you, on all of everyone? I mean, is a, is a one night stand, is that love? <laughs> I feels like probably not. I lust them everyone. I, doesn't right. land quite as Yeah, bad. the hook is maybe not quite as endearing as, you know what I mean? It's it's sweeter to be like, you know what? I genuinely love that. Um, what was her what name? What was her um, name? Um, uh, gosh. Man, she was great. I loved her. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. That's funny. And we asked him about, too, one of his other big hits is called Only One You, and it's like yeah. the complete opposite <laughs> yes. of this song. Like yes. One Apple Tower, one Mona Lisa. Yeah. But, but it's like, 
there's only one you, but I loved every one of the others. Here's what I think it is. I think only one you is the pickup line that gets that you he uses for everyone to the goalpost right. of yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is this is what I'm going to use to make sure that I can say later that I loved you. Yeah, everyone. I like that. Uh, in 1977, he signed with Warner Brothers Records. Um, starting with that summer's "When Can We Do This Again," he had a series of 15 consecutive top 10 releases, including 10 number one songs. The biggest included "Last Cheaters Waltz," "I'll Be Coming Back for More," and "Do You Want to Go to Heaven." That was probably the the other song of his that I remember most. "Do You Want to Go to Heaven," and then "I Loved Him Everyone," "Party Time." Only one you. Uh, oh, finally. Let me play. Let me play a little bit of finally. Hold on. Oh, this is a great song. Written by Gary Chapman. That's right. I always forget that. I heard this song for the first time. Well, first time I really like. He does it live on an Amy Grant live video. Uh, Gary Chapman does. Yeah, Gary Chapman yes. does. Let me hit this chorus. One finally, look inside your eyes and see. Reflections of yourself and me The way you always said it would be One finally I'm loving you like you love me It happened oh so easily I looked into your eyes and I yeah, were you hearing a weird vocal on the low end of Back that? Part, yeah, I heard it that. It was weird. Let me see if that's not the original version. There it is. Gotta catch a glimpse of how it's gonna be. When finally that's better. What was different? It was like there was a bass singer, but yeah. he didn't know his note. <laughs> I heard it too. Listen to this hit. This is a contemporary hit. Come on we'll now. Push it a little You're going to push that down, B? Salt and Pepper says, let's hit it. Boy. Yeah, man. Don't knock off chorus where every line ends in the same consonant sound. E, <laughs> right, everything e. ends in E. Me, yeah. C, finally, we, me, me. It's freaking Adam Sandler's eating his heart out. Uh, let's see, a little more on uh, T.G. Shepard, a.k.a. William Neal Browder. Um, I call him I, I call him chest hair country. That's what I really, that's what I really think of. It's like... Yeah, uh, he jokes that his biggest hit never made the charts, and that is because he sang the Folgers jingle. That's right. The best part of waking, waking up, up is Folgers, Folgers in your, your cup. cup. That's T.G. Shepard, man. That's awesome. Bet you didn't know that. He had for a while T.G. Shepard's theater in the Smokies, That's which right. is uh, about you know that. he he took a couple of years off the road and uh, and like settled into a residency at, at his theater in the Smokies, and I believe I looked I, I found a like a pamphlet found the address for the old thing. I believe it is now the Country Tonight Theater. If you okay. if you know Pigeon Forge, I think it's definitely within like a block of there, and so and it if only you don't makes know sense. Pigeon Forge, no Pigeon Forge. No, yeah, everybody correct. needs to go Come to Pigeon on, Forge. The um. Great Smoky Mountains National Park is the, like the most visited national park in the country, which is wild. But um, so yeah, it's right there. Go see it. There's like beautiful like nature stuff, and then there's like 
tacky stuff. All kinds. Anything. And then like yeah. Dollywood, you know. All kinds of variety shows galore. Yeah. Buffets. Buff- buffets. There's like places you can buy nunchucks. <laughs> it's great. Pet some bears. It's Big, <laughs> little, short, tall. It don't matter. Go to Pigeon Fork. That's right. You're, You're loved will, there. You will find them there. That's right. You're loved in Pigeon Fork. I'm wearing a shirt that has a wolf on <laughs> that I guarantee this wolf has been used many times oh, on a shirt. Uh, uh, yes. that Many times in the same shop you might even find that same wolf. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out the the Country Tonight Theater is still there and and still going. I believe that it was originally the his theater in the Smokies. He also had uh, a, a I guess it's called a chain, maybe a duo of restaurants is what you call it. I don't know what you call a restaurant when there's only two locations. Is that technically a chain? I don't, I don't a duo sounds right. It's like if I had two links of a chain, I wouldn't be like, hey, check out my chain. Pass my chain. <laughs> So I don't know how many you have before it's a chain. I feel like two is not necessarily it. But I feel like T.G. Shepard sometime in his life has said, hey, check out my chain. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He said that. Yeah. That's his line before he comes. That's right. He comes out of the bathroom wearing only the chain. He's like, there's only one you. Hey, check out my chain. You want to see my chain? (laughs) You want to see? (laughs) Um, but anyway, he, he had, uh, uh, a, um, like a Tex-Mex, the TG's Tex-Mex restaurant. And one of them was in Chattanooga. One of them was in Pigeon Forge. Uh, and one of them was in Chattanooga when I was a kid. And we, it was like our spot, like, because my, you know, my dad was a big music guy, country, country music, you know, whatever. Um, and so, and I mean, my mom loves music too. Did you call it TG's? Would you be like, let's go to TG's. Yeah, let's go to TG's. And it is now, uh, if you're, if you're Chattanooga folks listening, it is where now, uh, Outback Steakhouse that it became Outback, uh, by Hamilton Place Mall. Um, but that was, yeah, TG's, I think it was built as TG's, but I'm, I'm telling you. To this day, I can taste the chips and salsa from there. Like that's how frequently we went there. there. It's it's embedded in your because it was cool. It was like it's like the it's like Hard Rock Cafe of chest hair country. You know, (laughs) yeah, that's great. But only one guy. But only one guy. Yeah, yeah, only one guy. Um, So yeah, did they only play T.G. Shepard music in there? No, they didn't. Okay, but that would have been a step too far, probably. Um, But uh, anyway, he's got uh, his latest album that I know of is 2019's Midnight in Memphis. Um, and he's got. We talk about some Elvis ties yeah. and stuff like that. He's friend, friends great, with, great um, you know, with Elvis and stuff. We uh, we talked to after we hung up. This is one of our best interviewees. Yeah, like he's so professional. He's at this. great. He, you could tell he's done this at least twice. Yeah, like he's, he's all over it. Very good at it. Yeah. So you you guys are, are really going to enjoy it. Okay, I got one other thing, uh, but I think I'll save it. Maybe when it's stump the genius, and sure. then okay, all right, sounds good. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. I jumped up and your part. I said your part. All right, so we're going to stump the genius. I was going to do Famous Shepherds by profession <laughs> in the Bible, but that didn't get too far. <laughs> Abraham, Jacob, Moses, King David, Amos. Birth of Jesus was announced to, to shepherds. shepherds. Um, but I'm doing Make My Day, the oh. Clint Eastwood tune. Okay. Uh, T.G. Shepherd has a song called Make My Day yeah. with actual Dirty Harry himself. Yeah. With, I'm doing which of these is not an Eastwood movie. Okay. So I've got, I'm going to give you three movies. I've got five rounds of this. Okay. So okay. I'm going to give you three movies, one of which is not Eastwood. I see. And okay. I'll give you a clue. Their other ones are all John Wayne. Okay. So oh, I'm wow. throwing two Eastwoods and a John Wayne. Okay. In there. Solid. So there's, your, there's your clue. Okay. Here we go. Number one, Gran Torino, Sands of Iwo Jima, Million Dollar Baby. Um, which oh, which is not. Which is not Clint Eastwood. Uh, Sands of Iwo Jima. Sands of Iwo Jima, John Wayne. Rob is ringing the bell. There it is. There's yeah. the bell. It's so hard to get any sound out of this bell. Here we go. These days. Uh, Rawhide, 
The Man with No Name, The Big Trail. I think The Big Trail. The Big Trail. Oh. That was John Wayne's first main role. Good wow. job on that. The Big Trail. Okay. Number three, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, Cry Macho, and The Mule. Cry Macho? Oh, She Wore, she a, wore yellow a Yellow Ribbon. ribbon. Okay. Yeah, that was John right. Wayne. Cry Macho is Eastwood's newest, so oh, that one just okay. came out, so uh, you may, uh, yeah. may not know that one as well. Um, number four, Space Cowboys, Bridges of Madison County, The Longest Day. Hmm. I'm going to guess The Longest the Day. The Longest oh, Day. Wow. John Wayne, good job on that. Uh, here's the last one. The Shootest, Outlaw Josie Wells, Escape from Alcatraz. I, is it The Shootest? It's The Shootest. Oh, That's John Wayne's last movie. Okay. Good job. Rob did very well. Oh. Uh, John Wayne's in 169 films. I didn't do Rooster Cogburn and McClinic. Those are probably his two. My dad's a huge uh, John Wayne fan. but My stepdad is a big, Dude, big, big there you go. He guy. would be proud of you for knowing which one was John Wayne versus Clint Eastwood. Oh, so, yeah. I've got a cover that I want to hear a little bit. Oh, of, yeah. I want to let you play. There's a guy named Trey Landon that does one that's pretty good. It's T-R-E-A and okay. then L-A-N. It's, it's, it's probably my favorite cover. Okay, of this song. I loved them all? Yeah, I loved them every one. So I, mean, I loved them every one. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You it, Talks a little bit at the beginning. He's talking about them setting okay. up and everything. But Trey you, Lennon's classic cover series. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. That's cool. It's definitely more modern, more produced, obviously. But it sounds good. Got the banjo carrying Yeah, the it. banjo playing that I electric line. I like his voice, too, for this. It's just got a good feel, this song Feels in general. Great. I've known some painted ladies. Okay, different kind of voice. This is country. Modern. Country girls that love the lovers moon. Moon. Some I never really knew, though I always wanted to. Some I only met once in a row. Some said they liked my smile. Others of them stay. And the thing about this song is you're not gonna be like, wow, anywhere. Right. Yeah. Like, no, it awesome. is what it is. But yeah. It's good. I like it. Feels that good. It's cool. The only way, the only way I have to say. Oh, I love them everyone. Big little old short of talk. Wish I could have kept them all. Still all guy background vocals. Oh, I love them everyone. Got that vintage sounded yeah. snare, that yeah. real like, uh, yeah, I love that. Okay, this is not necessarily the song that I expected there to be covers of. Yeah, you know, even though I mean it was a hit and whatever, but it's just not the kind of thing that. But yeah, that's awesome. Okay, my last thing that I want to talk about is so I can't remember if we talked with him in the in the interview about this, but uh, you know we mentioned T G Shepherd is not his given name; it's not his birth name. Um, T G for reasons and we talk we do talk about we this talk about inter- interesting reasons he he made up tg shepherd as a pseudonym as a performance name and uh but tg doesn't stand for anything so it's not like he's thomas graham shepherd mm-hmm. so i asked you to make a short list of things that you think the tg in tg shepherd might stand for yeah. okay could stand for and so are we uh, going alternating fashion yeah let's just alternate um okay. and you guys listening can tell us a, a if one? you have a favorite, which one you think is the most likely, uh-huh. um, or if you have suggestions, we would love to hear your TGs. Yeah, throw, okay, throw us your TG Shepherd. Throw your TGs at us. Show us your TGs. <laughs> um, he said that before. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, why you go first? Sure. Travolta's ganger, like doppelganger. Okay. Travolta. Tra- he looks Travolta's, like Urban Cowboy. To okay. Me. Travolta's ganger. Yeah. He very Urban Cowboy is a fitting, uh, fitting vibe. Travolta's yeah. ganger. Okay. Travolta's ganger. Uh, how, how about Top Guy? Okay. Top Guy Shepherd. That's good. I. Uh, Jesus is the good shepherd. This guy's so confident he thinks he's the great shepherd. The great, the great shepherd. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. How about a tall giraffe? Oh, I like that. Tall one. giraffe. So, I, it's better than mine. I just had tall guy. Tall so guy. That, that okay. Way. All right. Uh, tinkly guitar. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Tony Gwynn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> big baseball fan, you know. <laughs> Twangy gargling because he's like, mmm, I love them everyone. A little twangy gargling. Twangy gargling. Twangy gargling shepherd. Oh, crap. That's good. Uh, all right. Uh, Timbale guru. Oh, I like that one. That's good. Uh, like that. Teasing girls. Teasing. So yours, you went very, you you stayed in character. Like you ca- I got some names at the end. Okay. So. It, it's like, uh, okay. Uh, I went, now this one would be a, a modern. Modern name, if maybe he put out a hip hop album, Trap God. G A W D. Trap Trap God. Talon Gage. Ta- <laughs> Talon. <laughs> oh crud. Uh, tomato grower. <laughs> yeah. Ten gallon. That's pretty. Ten, good. Oh, that's ten gallon. Ten gallon shepherd. Oh, that's great. That should be. That's like legit. If you're trying to yeah. like make something, that would be the ten winner. Ten. Yeah, ten gallon. Uh, uh, Tramp Gramp. <laughs> that's, that's my, yeah, that's, my that's my closest to reality, that's right? Good. He's like, I've loved all these ladies, but I'm 65 uh, now. Tramp, you know, whatever. Tramp. Oh, tramp, tramp. The whole thing. Right. This one's for Joey. Twig giggler. <laughs> <laughs> oh crud! Uh, hey, you know what? Let's switch it up a little bit. How about totally gay? Uh, well, there you go. That's, that's shocking. Totally yeah, gay. Yeah. Just happy. Okay, here's my real names. Like if I was just okay, like, okay. Ted Ginkles. Ted Ginkles. <laughs> Ginkles, Ted Ginkles Shepherd. You know what? I would go by the initials too. Yeah. Uh, I've only got one more. I've I got, got two more. So okay. All right. I've got uh, Tricky Gypsy. Okay. Tricky Gypsy Shepherd. I got Tim Jim, but he spells Jim with a G. <laughs> like a G Y M. No, like G I M. But he's like, it's Jim. I'm Tim Jim. <laughs> and then I had Tex Gibbons as my last. <laughs> So, yeah. oh, gosh. Uh, fun, yeah. All right. PG uh, Shepard, pick th- your favorite. Send us uh, some good ones. Yeah, that's we need to know. Send us your TGs, and uh, <laughs> we'll maybe maybe a prize to the winner. That's How about right. that? Prize we'll see. We'll see what value. we can send you. Um, yeah, let we'll us know. send you a lock of his chest hair. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we, TG in a jar. It's weird. We didn't even ask for any. He just, <laughs> just sent started us. Showing he up. just sent us some. Yeah. Started getting them in the mail. He With a picture that was just a wink face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't, we didn't give him our addresses. He found us. <laughs> He's like, love y'all. He's like, everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to go talk to T.G. Shepard, and we'll be back on the other side to tuck you in. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here, as promised, with country legend T.G. Shepard on the Great Song Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> You know what, uh, guys, I, I just can't get used to that adjective legend in front of my <laughs> name because 
I look at Haggard and Jones and Waylon and all Charlie Pride and Daniels and people like that as the legendary guys. I'm just a singer out here that loves doing what he does. And but thanks for that great compliments. Good to good to be with you. Well, that's pretty humble uh, for a guy who had 14 consecutive number one Goodness hits. Gracious. So uh, you know, <laughs> I think you'll have to forgive us if we want to call you a legend. Um, <laughs> Let's. Uh, why don't we just start there? You know, I mean, you had. It sounds insane to say it, but you had fourteen consecutive number one country hits. How did that change your life and career at the time in that stretch? Well, those were during the hot years, you know, and uh, it everything changed. I mean, everything changed. Uh, everything changed from even the first number one record in '75, but. Um, I think we wound up with a total of 21 number ones through that's, the whole career. That's amazing. That, that 14 number one stretch was, wow, it was it was incredible. It, the concert dates got bigger, the crowds got bigger, and uh, just I was able to realize that I hopefully was making my mark in country music, having that many in, in a row. It was, you know, words can't describe it. It was incredible. Yeah, you, you reach that point where you go, people are going to remember my name, you know, like, um, I don't know. I got to tell you something funny. Uh, not long ago, well, a couple of years ago, I was doing the, uh, national anthem for the Daytona 500 and I was on a plane and there was a guy that kept looking over at me and he, he, I think he thought he recognized me, but he did, he didn't know who I was. And the flight attendant said, Mr. Shepard, would you sign an autograph for the captain's daughter, Sarah? And I said, sure. So I did it. And then all during the flight, I felt this guy looking at me and wondering who I was. And we landed in Daytona, and I'm standing at the luggage carousel. And this guy came came running over to me. He said, I am so sorry that I didn't recognize you on the plane. He said, you're much younger looking than I thought you'd be. And he said, tell me, when was it that you went to the moon as an astronaut? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said, wait a minute. Uh, no, I'm, I'm Shepard, the country singer. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that don't ring a bell. So not everybody. So I had to say that to you because not everybody mm -hmm. knows who you are when you, when you have 14 number one records. But that was a funny story. I had to tell you. That's great. I love that. Uh, you seem like a guy who really enjoys being in front of a crowd. I know you still do a lot of live performance now. Um, is there something special to you about, about performing live? Well, it's instant gratification. I mean, mm. the people let you know with their smiles or their looks or their applause when you finish a song or you're in the middle of a song, especially if they're singing along with you. It, it's just uh, live performance. There's nothing like it. It, Every singer or artist will tell both of you uh, that performing live is addictive. It's like a drug, really. I mean, you, you just never get enough of that adulation. And it's incredible to feel that on stage, especially when you've dreamed of it your whole life of being able to do that. So, you know, as opposed to recording when you're relating to a red light on a machine, uh, that live performance, there's nothing like it. That's great. Uh, that's a really good insight and a really good uh, kind of ex explanation for that feeling. Um, okay, am I reading right in reading that your original releases, like Devil in a Bottle, were on a label that was actually owned by Motown? <laughs> yeah, when I when I tell people that I was discovered by Barry Gordy, who discovered the Supremes and Michael yeah. Jackson and the Jackson Five, and they go, "What?" Um, <laughs> 
really, I, they had just started a country label in Nashville, and they heard my demo of Devil in the Bottle, and they said, that's a hit. And uh, so I, I signed up with them, and yeah, so I was, matter of fact, I was on the original Motown 25 special. Wow. Uh, my part got edited out during the DVD, but <laughs> we, it, we filmed it at the Santa Monica Civic Center, the Motown 25 special. And I did Devil in a Bottle along with uh, Lionel Richie, I think, introduced me on that and so many other people. And that was the night that Michael Jackson did the moonwalk yeah. for the very yeah. first time. And I was standing in the wings and I thought the floor was moving and it actually was him making that happen. So, yeah, Barry Gordy. Was That's so really, cool. Yeah, Barry Gordy was the start of my career, believe it or not. Wow, that's that's unreal. Um, the story goes that you kind of came up with the, the stage name of T.G. Shepard to avoid getting in trouble with RCA while you were kind of releasing music <laughs> under that Melody Land label. Um and your and then your bio also lists that you had another pseudonym early on that you went by Brian Stacy. Um, we why, didn't we didn't know if we should introduce you as William Neil Browder when we yeah. started. This. Oh my gosh, I think I have multiple personality disorder. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, no, I don't know. You you try certain things in your career that sometimes work, sometimes don't work. But Brian Stacy was the name I went by. Uh, uh, and my real name was uh, was William Neil Browder, and of course, I changed it legally when I became T.G. Shepherd. But I did change my name from uh, Bill Browder to T.G. because I was afraid I'd lose my job recording for Motown and then drawing a pay paycheck from RCA. They were competitors, so yeah. I just picked an assumed name to go under, and lo and behold, it worked. <laughs> That's great. It has a great <laughs> ring to it. And I got to say, my my family and I, now I'm from Chattanooga. Um, so my family and I ate at TG's North of the Border Cafe. <laughs> uh -huh. I kid you not, all the time. It was like our favorite spot over there around Hamilton Place Mall. Hamilton I could Place still, Mall, yeah. I could take you to the place. Uh, I can still taste the chips and salsa. It's some of my favorite of all time. <laughs> what's, what's a lesson that you learned uh, owning a couple of restaurants in the 90s? Well, that was the first uh, fortune that I lost. Uh, <laughs> first of all, do not own do not own or open a restaurant because there's a lot of moving parts that go on to make it happen and be successful. Uh, but no, I've always had a craving for Mexican food. Still, I eat Mexican food every week now here in Hendersonville, where I live in Nashville. Um, but no, I, 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 Mel Tillis told me a long time ago, he said, T.G., I don't think I would do that. And I said, why? And he said, well, I'm telling you, he said, I lost a fortune in the restaurant business. And he said, you just don't need to do it. So I didn't listen and I did it. And he was right. <laughs> but I learned the lesson that you just don't want to be in the restaurant business unless you know what you're doing. And I, so I stick to music these days strictly. There you go. Well, uh, well, we're in Hendersonville right now recording. So if you want after this, we'll go grab some Mexican food. That's all. <laughs> you got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so there's, there's parts of these where we just kind of gush over things that we love about the artists that we're hanging out with uh, definitely wanted to talk a little bit about make my day with clint eastwood that's awesome so uh, we'll come back to that in a second but i loved him everyone w uh, wishing you'd have kept them all bigger little shorter tall that versus uh only one you is a complete different uh, it's the opposite of i loved yeah. him everyone with the yeah, one you're totally one you know you're the first person that has that has ever made that distinction 
You're right. Only no kidding. One of you was about one person and loved them. Everyone was about all, all of them. So you're, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. You hit both ends of the spectrum. That's there. right. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I got to talk on one because finally, song written by Gary Chapman. I grew up a CCM kid, like Christian music kid. So I knew the Gary Chapman version first, even sure. though yours was sure. bigger. And then uh, so I, I saw him on a Michael W. Smith concert do that. I was like, that's a great song. And then I heard you do it. And I'm like, holy cow, this one's even bigger. <laughs> That's a great well, tune. You know, I heard this song. My record producer at the time was a guy named Buddy Killen. And um, I, I was in his office and I heard the song being played in another office next to me. And it was it was Gary's office. And I, I told my producer, I said, that is a great record that he has out. But I hear it as a mass appeal record. I said, it, surely it's a spiritual song. Uh, uh, the, the lyric to it is spiritual. But I said, I think it, anyone who's in love with anyone or, or can relate to this song. So that's why I decided to record it. And, yeah, it was one of those magical songs for sure. Yeah, yeah. you definitely put your own flair on it. It's really it's really sharp. Yeah. Speaking of your own flair, you definitely, uh, image-wise, you kind of leaned into the more uh, pop star look of the late 70s, early 80s, as far as the country scene was concerned, the more, the more pop end of it, it was less less boots and 10-gallon hats for you and more like open-chested shirts and gold <laughs> chains. Um, was was that something that you came into naturally or was that kind of part of an image where you know they were trying to broaden the appeal of the country market? I think you were right about the latter part there. I think they were trying to broaden the appeal of the country market. And so I got stuck into that that um that thing because lyrically our songs were being recorded for women at that time i yeah. mean not all of them i mean we have a lot of male fans but uh I, I think they they decided to give me that type of image and so i started off with a cowboy hat and and uh, they felt that that i should go another direction and there's times that i wish i'd stayed with a hat because i love wearing hats and I even told my wife the other day, I think I'm going to pull my hats out and start wearing them again in 23. And But uh, no, it, it was uh, the record label who were dictating all those policies at the time. Gotcha. It, it was like somewhere in the mid-70s, they decided, you know, let's make country music sexy. And, uh, you know, and yeah. I, I love that era. It's just, a, it's funny. It's kind of an era that kind of stands on its own, you know. Well, you know, I came along at that era, too, of the urban cowboy movement. And yeah. a lot of songs were pop oriented because the movie was so well received with Travolta and such a, a big hit that it, it took music in a different direction. Although uh, Urban Cowboy was a cowboy hat movie, uh, it, 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 it still propelled country music in a pop, pop direction. Mm. And so therefore uh, that's what, that's basically what happened is it, I came along just at the right time. Wow. Uh, so earlier on in your career, I know uh, you were involved uh, as in you were very successful in record promotion as opposed to artistry. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the life of a record promoter at that time? I'm sure it's kind of a different job description now, but record promotion in the early '70s. How was that? Well, you know, it it, it really prepared me to be an artist because I learned to listen to records and, and make the decision if they were commercial enough for radio and, and the songs and the music. So record promotion was, uh, was uh, something I really loved doing. I, I got a chance to 
work and develop the careers of a lot of artists that I never would have gotten a chance to work with, like John Denver. I mean, I was able to work with him in the very beginning. Neil Diamond. Um, oh, oh, gosh, there's so many of them. Uh, Jim Croce, uh, who was a big pop act. So record promotion really kind of gave me the opportunity to hone my craft of the music business. And I think to have a successful career in music as an artist, you have to have a little bit of business savvy, yeah, because if not, it'll go away on you. You have to really treat it as as a business and not take it for granted and be accessible to the fans. So being a promotion man prepared me to be an artist. That's great. I love that. Good business sense. Uh, let's see. I got to ask. I read that your first tour bus was a gift from Elvis to to kind of uh, <laughs> encourage you to to get out on the road. Is that right? Yeah, he was a dear friend. I met Elvis when I was 15 years old. He befriended me. I was a runaway and he took me in and I don't know, just kind of believed in me. He was my first fan, I guess you might say, of hmm. what I did in music and so therefore, he told me one day, he said, I want to give you a tour bus to get you started. And I said, are you kidding me? I don't even have a band. <laughs> and he said, well, no, I want, to, I want to help you. So he bought me my first tour bus and gave it to me. And someone said the other day, is that the greatest gift that Elvis, your friend, ever gave you? And no, it's not the greatest gift. The bus gave me the gift of confidence hmm. that if Elvis believed in me enough to support me in that way then i had to work really hard to not let him down wow. for believing in me so the well, gift I, of yeah. is what he gave me i think he'd yeah. be pleased with your i want to live like elvis song i mean that's great <laughs> make a movie in hawaii learn karate blue suede you that's got <laughs> for someone with your memphis ties this had to be a fun one to record yeah. and i actually saw you live perform this at the huckabee um it would have been yeah. in, in a, so man and you still have it rocking great guitar work on it and everything's so a great great dude well, it was just one of those songs that is, it's a comical way of visiting Elvis's life in about four minutes. And right. Yeah. I, I just had to, I had to record it because I lived every line of that song with Elvis. And so that's the reason that I wound up doing I Want to Live Like Elvis. Still a fun song to do in concert. The uh, Well, Rob mentioned that he uh, was a Chattanooga guy and ate at TG's in uh, in Chattanooga. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about TG Shepherd's Theater and the Smokies from the mid-90s because I was just a little bit more towards the uh, – I was at uh, – I lived in Athens. So, so from 95 to 97, you were there at the, the theater in the Smokies. Yep. Well, it, it was a – it gave me a chance to get off of the road for a couple of years. I, I really – was suffering some burnout from traveling so much and I wanted to be with family and friends. And so uh, I was, the opportunity came, I guess you might say it was the first time you used the word residency that a lot sure. of artists yeah. were using in Vegas. It gave me a chance to sit down in one place and do my show for a couple of years. But yeah, it, it really was a, a great thing to be able to have my own place and sleep in my own bed at night and go to work every day. So it, it was a part of my life that I, I really cherished. 
That's awesome. Well, TG, this has been great. We want to be respectful of your time. Uh, we know you're a Hendersonville resident, so we'll we'll sync up in the future and we'll sit and talk about uh, <laughs> we'll talk about racing. We can talk about the uh, number twenty five Folger Chevrolet car and and do that. But there's a there's a, a question we ask everybody. So you're on. Let's say you're on tour, um, either with a band or doing some solo stuff, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of your answer, I'll tell you mine. I get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and it's the most ounces. So I get a Three Musketeers bar in a gas station. What is your? I think you have uh, salt along with sugar. You know, you taste something sweet, you want something salty. So right. here's my two picks. Okay. Cheetos, love Cheetos. Okay. Number two is Butterfingers. Okay. Love oh, wow. Candy che- bar. Cheetos oh, or a Heath bar. Cheetos crunchy or puffs. Oh, are you kidding me? Crunchy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, the, that's a great one-two combination you got there. I can respect that. <laughs> well, well, my birthday's June 18th, and yours is June 20th, so we'll get together and celebrate in the summer. TJ, this has been a blast. You've been a lot of fun, man. Hey, been my blast, guys. Have a great, great holiday uh, season and a great new uh, 2023. Thank you, got you, it. you We'll too. talk to you soon, bud. Okay. Cheers. This is the Great Song Podcast. You have now been loved by T.G. <laughs> Shepard. Right. That's right. That's awesome. You are now part of this song and part of the pantheon of people that T.G. Shepard has loved. That's not right. just to, not just that he loves you. He has that's, loved you. That's right. Physically, that's literally, <laughs> you have now been loved by, by T.G. Shepard. Shepherd. Right. We hope you enjoyed our interview with T.G. Very cool to have uh, this country legend on. I mean, really, to a certain to a certain subset of of. Um, you know, of like your parents' generation or maybe a little bit older than your parents, depending on your age listening. He was like one of the top guys oh, yeah. of an era. I mean, really, uh, and of a certain sort of a subgenre of of country music. He is literally one of the one of the biggest to ever do it. And uh, and he's still out there, you know, doing it, performing, and, uh, and, I, and I imagine doing it pretty well um, and still loving him, man, I guess. <laughs> Everyone. Still, still loving him, every last one. All right, well, man. Hey, we'll see you soon. We'll see you guys soon. I don't know what we're doing right now. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we're just chatting. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll be back soon next time with another great song on the Great Song Podcast. We're going to hang out. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.